people kind of say like Charlie has like wild opinions, but I find myself agreeing with Charlie quite a bit, honestly. So it's kind of interesting to hear your opinion <laughs> on that because I, I was thinking the exact same thing. People, like, I was like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like Charlie is not a homer. That's the problem. You don't have to be, you know, agree with everything that Buffalo Bills fans say, because if you disagree, then you're like, oh, you're not really a real fan. He knows that getting star backs a benefit to him, hopefully. So why would he be in any rush to sign a contract? I think outside of injury, that's a very good point. See, look, more logic from Charlie. Charlie, let me ask you a question. Do you like, do you tweet like crazy things and then when you get like the opportunity to speak, you just go ahead and speak like super logical so that it like confuses people like that. is that what's going uh, on yeah I, dude, look, I, look it was, charlie is always making sense to me like i don't i don't know man i gotta man. i gotta i gotta like go back in this episode and clip these like three spots where you said that and just like play it on repeat on my twitter account let's give you my podcast intro Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another edition of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Gross, and this is the first official game week of the 2021 season. Finally, after what feels like 10 or 11 months of more or less boring offseason, we are finally at the first game week of the week. Super excited about that. Glad that we get to finally talk about something that actually means something uh before i get into the podcast real quick you can find me on twitter at charlie underscore gross underscore this is part of the built in buffalo podcast network encourage you to check out all the other podcasts check out the youtube channel the twitter the facebook all that stuff so today i am going to give you a season record prediction also talk a little bit about what will happen i believe in the first game which is this weekend and talk a little bit about what i think josh allen and uh, the receivers numbers are going to be i'm not going to give you like definitive concrete predictions necessarily but there's something that i think josh allen said that he was working on that i think is important to uh, factor into any prediction you're you're making about his stats and the the offense's stats as a whole. So let's start with the record with the game this Sunday. I think that the Bills will beat the Steelers. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. And I think that if you are somebody who likes to bet money on sports events, that betting the Steelers getting six and a half points in my opinion, is a good bet because I think it is going to be a close game. The Steelers have a much more dynamic offense. Yes, I know their offensive line is a little weak, especially at the tackle spot, but they have a very impressive front seven. I know Stephon Tuitt will not play, and we're speculating about T.J. Watt. Pretty sure T.J. Watt is going to play. It might be a last-minute thing. Certainly, if he doesn't, that makes the game a little more, you know, not a blowout, but maybe not as close. But I think a lot of fans are really kind of sleeping on the Steelers. I think there's a narrative out there about Ben Roethlisberger that might not be extremely accurate. Um, I think there's some truth to it, but not totally truthful. I think he's still a pretty good quarterback. I think they have great wide receivers. Uh, They have a tight end 
who likes to drop the ball a lot, kind of like people view Dawson Knox. They also have a rookie tight end who's looked pretty good so far. Who knows if that will translate into the regular season. But like I said, their defense is pretty impressive. For what it's worth, Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season in like the 14 years he's been the head coach of the team or however long he's been the head coach of the team. Now, obviously, things change from year to year. You have a 14- or 12-year sample size with Mike Tomlin never having a losing losing season. At some point, that's not a coincidence. It's a pattern. But, yes, I will. I do think that the Buffalo Bills will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now let's take a quick look at the rest of the schedule. The next game would be against Miami. In Miami, I think the Bills win that game. Uh, the next game then is at home against Washington. That's another tough game, but I do think the Bills win that game as well. A lot of revenge games here um, against the Bills, if you want. There's the the Washington game, the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game, and then they play the Texans, which should be an absolute blowout. The Texans are terrible, but their quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. So that can be the Tyrod Taylor-Buffalo Bills revenge game from his point of view. I believe the Bills win that, obviously, so that gets us for the first four games to 4-0. And this is where I think things get a little dicey for the Bills. The next two games are against the Chiefs and the Titans, and I think they lose both of those games. I'm not going to predict the Bills to beat the Chiefs until I see it. And let's be honest, I'm not going to predict the Bills to beat the Titans. They got destroyed last year by the Titans. They barely won two years ago. So I'm not predicting that this is going to be uh, two wins. So, so that brings them, in my opinion... After six games to four and two. Then after the Titans, they have a bye week. And then they play the Dolphins. And I think once again, they're going to beat the Dolphins. Then it's on to the Jaguars. I think they handle the Jaguars pretty easily. Then the Jets, same thing with the Jets. So now we're at seven and two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe they beat the Colts. I believe they beat the Saints. That's a Thanksgiving night game. I believe that's at at eight o'clock on Thanksgiving in New Orleans. That, uh, in my opinion, is a win. And then we've got the Patriots, and I believe that is a win as well. Uh, I know a lot of people don't think that the Bills can go 6-0 and against the division two years in a row. I know it doesn't happen a lot, but I don't think the teams are that great. I think that Miami and the Patriots will get close to 10 wins or maybe even go over, and that's due to the partially at least, to the weakness of the schedule that all these teams are playing this year and not necessarily to how good those teams are. So now I have the Bills at 10-2 and going into a game against Tampa. This is another team that I am not going to predict the Bills beat until I see that happen because you know who their quarterback is. Not predicting that. And we, we can say that the Bills have exercised the demons of beating the New England Patriots I don't think they've exercised the demon of beating Tom Brady himself. So that brings the Bills' record to 10-3. and three. Then they go uh, a game against the Panthers. That's To me, that's a win. That's 11-3. and three. They, again, beat the Patriots the day after Christmas. That is 12-3 to me. Uh, then they have the Falcons, which I believe is a win. So that gets them to 13-3. and three. And then I believe, once again, the Bills-Jets game, last game of the season, won't really matter. 
you know, and of course the last year's game didn't really matter either. So they ended up at, you know, winning that game. I'm going to predict 13-4. and four. Um, I've said in the built-in Buffalo group chat, for those of you from that group chat that are listening, that I believed it was 12-5, and five, so you might be wondering why. Now, on my podcast, I'm predicting 13-4. and four. I think there's like eight losable games on the schedule. Um, they could lose to the Dolphins in Miami. They could lose to the Patriots in New England. They could lose to Washington, the Chiefs, the Titans. Um, you know, they could lose to the Colts. The Saints, perhaps the Bucks. You know, so there are losable games on the roster. So I know it may sound a little goofy. Uh, I think certainly thirteen and four or twelve and five is the most plausible scenario. But I'm also willing to say that if something goes terribly wrong, I think the floor is nine and eight. And I think that if everything goes right, the ceiling is probably like fifteen and two. Um, for the Bills, which I would imagine at that point they would be the number one seed and get the bye. So I my I guess my prediction really is you know twelve and five, thirteen and four. You know weird things happen in football, right? I mean we all know that weird penalties happen, injuries happen. So you never know. Uh, you you get a team that you know, plays better than you, you thought they were going to, and and your your favorite team loses to to that team. So a lot of different things in that sense can happen. So let's move on. And before we get to that, as far as the playoffs go, I'm not going to predict the playoffs. It's too volatile. They barely beat the Colts. They barely beat the Ravens. And they got crushed by the Chiefs. I think that the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender. But I don't... Like, if they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, I'm not going to predict that the Bills win that game. Now, if they end up playing like the Browns, uh, that would make it more likely to me that they could get to the Super Bowl. But obviously there's a chance that they could not even get to the AFC Championship game. I know that almost every fan who's a fan of the Bills just assumes that that's what's going to happen, that it's like this foregone conclusion. I'm not necessarily viewing it that way, so I'm not really going to predict the playoffs until I get a chance to see who the playoff teams are, even though I think we have a fairly good idea of who we think they're going to be. But do I think that... If everything goes right, could the Bills get to the Super Bowl? And could they win the Super Bowl? Yes. Now, I don't know what type of a percentage to put on that. I know people don't like absolutes. So I'm not going to sit here and guarantee a Super Bowl win or guarantee that they make it to the AFC Championship game because, you know, I don't know who they're playing. There's too many uh, unknown variables. All right. Moving on to Josh Allen, the receivers their statistics, things of that nature. So there's 17 games this year, and for what it's worth, you know, Josh Allen, if they do what they did last year, he'll, he'll only play a half of the, the last game like they did last year, or maybe not any of the game. Hard to uh, tell for sure. But if things stay basically the same, Josh Allen had 572 passing attempts last year. Uh, that's basically on pace for like 608 this year, given the extra game. And he had 396 completions, which is basically 25 per game. So if, once again, things follow a similar path, you could see 420 actual receptions. So then the question becomes, who's going to get all those receptions, right? Now, obviously, or better yet, targets might be the, the bigger 
the bigger thing to mention. So we're, we're basically at about 620, 630 targets. Stefan Diggs was targeted 166 times last year. I think that's going to come down, you know, more like to 150-ish. I think Beasley was targeted 107 times. I think that comes down a little bit. Uh, I think Gabriel Davis probably comes down. He was targeted 62 times. That maybe comes down by 10. Uh, you know, John Brown was only targeted 52 times. I think you can take some of the targets that Beasley, Davis, and Diggs would get, add those to the 52 that John Brown got, and that's going to put Sanders at, you know, 80 to 90 targets, I believe. And then you've got Dawson Knox, and Dawson Knox last year had 44 targets, 24 receptions, 288 yards, three touchdowns. Okay, if Dawson Knox gets, let's say, 60 to 70 targets, which would basically be 16 to 26 more targets, what are we looking for from him? If he can catch 45 passes let's say for 450 to 550 yards and five or six touchdowns, I think that would cement Dawson Knox as the Bills' tight end going forward. It would also put him, if I'm not mistaken, in the top eight, the top ten in terms of just receiving numbers for tight ends in general. I think there's a very good chance that this is going to happen. I think Josh Allen leaned on Stephon Diggs a lot last year, a lot more than they probably want him to, and I think you know, the injury to John Brown forced more targets to Davis and to Diggs. I don't think it affected Beasley very much, but I think you're going to see a lot of those targets now go to, you know, Emmanuel Sanders if he stays healthy. And I think the rest of those targets I mentioned, which were being taken away from Diggs and Davis and, and a little bit from Beasley, are going to go to Dawson Knox. And I know that we say that the Bills offense is wide receiver centric, and I believe that it is. But at the same time, Brandon Bean has said they'd love to have a tight end like, you know, George Kittle. If, if they had a tight end like that, they'd use him more. So I believe that they will use Dawson Knox more. I don't know if they haven't used him in the past because of his consistency issues or just because Josh Allen looks for Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen looks for the wide receivers before he looks for the tight ends. And I know some of you are going to say, well, oh, that's because Dawson Knox. It might not have anything to do with Dawson Knox. It might just be that jo that's what Josh Allen is comfortable with. But obviously, Dawson Knox went and spent time with Josh Allen. He wanted to raise the level of their comfort with each other. Obviously, he went to Titan University. Obviously, he hired a hand-eye coordination coach. So those things put together make me feel like Josh Allen is going to look for him more, if nothing else, just because they spent like two or three weeks together this summer, just him, just Dawson Knox getting on the same page, understanding how to communicate, what to look for, all that kind of stuff. So that's what leads me to believe that Dawson Knox will get more targets. And I know I ask a lot of people on the podcast, well, what will a Dawson Knox breakout look like to you? And I think that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like, you know, 45 catches, you know, 450 yards-ish, five, six touchdowns, because that's, that's like... That's what John o. Smith did last year, basically. And then he got signed to the Patriots for $12 million a year. You know, John o. Smith didn't have like 95 catches, 10 touchdowns, and 1,000 yards. He had like 45 catches, 6 touchdowns, and like 488 yards. And he was considered one of the best tight ends in the league last year. So if Dawson Knox does that same thing, 
then wouldn't we have to consider him one of the best tight ends in the league? If we did that to John Smith, it's only fair to do that to Dawson Knox. I think to, to answer maybe the bigger question of what is Josh Allen's stats going to look like, I think it's probably going to be similar. I think it's going to be, you know, 415 completions, uh, you know, hovering around 70% completion rate. And as far as the yards go, here's where it gets a little interesting. And this has nothing to do with the extra game for me. It has to do with Josh Allen. They asked him what he worked on in the offseason. And the thing that he said was that he worked on throwing guys open and throwing the ball a little further in front of these guys so they can run after the catch. And if you go and you look through the numbers of you know yards after catch per reception and you look at the Bills receivers, it's pretty terrible. It's really bad. You know, I think uh, Stephon Diggs is like 2.7. Uh, you know, Beasley's a little better than that. Davis is a little worse. Knox is a little worse. I went through and I figured out that if Stefan Diggs can average two more yards after catch per reception, Beasley, Knox, and Davis, and Sanders can average one more yard after catch per reception, that alone is going to add about... 500 yards onto Josh Allen's passing total, not even including the extra game, which would put him at 5,044 passing yards. So yes, I'm going to predict that Josh Allen has, you know, give or take two or three reception, you know, completions, about 415 completions. He's going to hover around 70% completion percentage. I believe that he will break 5,000 yards passing. I also believe that he's going to break the 40 touchdown mark. Now, is he going to approach 50 touchdowns? I don't know, but I think something like 42, 43 is entirely possible. And as far as rushing statistics go, I think his rushing statistics are going to kind of stay the same. So if you want a projection of what I think his overall offensive numbers are going to be, 415 completions, 5,000 yards, 42 passing touchdowns, to go with about 500 rushing yards and seven or eight rushing touchdowns, which would put him at 50 total touchdowns or a little bit over. So there's your projection. Is that good enough for the MVP? It should be. Will it be? I don't know. You know, there's other guys who are going to have great years statistically. Aaron Donald is the best player in the league. The fact that he hasn't won an MVP is kind of criminal to me. I understand it's just a quarterback award, but, like, come on. The guy's the best player in the league. He should have won it at least once. Am I predicting that Josh Allen wins the MVP? No. Am I predicting that he will have an MVP-worthy season? Yes. Thank you for listening once again to the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. I appreciate it if you're listening on Apple. If you could subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, leave a rating, leave a review, check out our Facebook page, check out the YouTube channel. There's a lot of great other podcasts on the podcast network encourage you to check those out as well i do a friday night show live on youtube check that out if you'd like it's called the red zone report the next time we talk we'll be talking about hopefully a buffalo bills win over the pittsburgh steelers what happened what do they need to adjust you know what what should they do differently how things went find a way to embrace your growth mindset and as always trust the process Oh,